Chapter 12, The Parents of Children in Poverty, How to Understand Where They're Coming From. As the demographics in the United States continue to shift, it is important to know who the parents of children in poverty are. Since 41% of children under the age of 18 are either in near poverty or are poor, for every five children, two are having difficulty getting their needs met. The 22% of children in near poverty come from families whose income is less than 200% of the federal poverty threshold. Usually this income is not sufficient to meet basic needs. The other 19% of children are in poverty, which means that their family's income is less than 100% of the federal poverty threshold. The free meals these children eat at school are often the only meals they get. Federal Poverty Thresholds 2017 Single individual under the age of 65, the poverty threshold is $12,752 a year. Single parent with two related children, the poverty threshold is $19,749 a year. Two parents with two related children, the poverty threshold is $24,858 a year. Because schools are dependent upon parents as supporters in the education of the child, it is important to know about them both as individuals and also as a group. What are the educational attainment levels of parents in poverty by race? The table below is from the National Center for Educational Statistics. As you can see, the lower the level of education, the greater the likelihood that the child will be in poverty. This means the interventions that the school designs to work with parents need to be adapted so they can be understood by those who may not have completed high school. You can also see that the highest percentage of children living with parents who did not complete high school were black. By contrast, the lowest percentage of children living with parents who did not complete high school were Pacific Islanders. Education level and income level are closely related but being undereducated should not be equated with a lack of intelligence. The main difference is that language and documents that are used by the educated are often in formal register. Many times, people in poverty can only use casual register, but that doesn't make them less intelligent than people from other classes who may have had more education. What are family structures like in poverty? Single-parent households have more poverty than households that have two adults. This is true of mother-only households and father-only households in all races and ethnicities, and it is not a moral issue about what kind of family structure is better than another. It is simply an issue of logistics. When there are two adults in the household, there is more time and money for the children. There is a direct correlation between the ratio of adults to children and student achievement. The higher the ratio of adults to children, the greater level of achievement in the child. Are the parents working? Whether or not parents are employed is a big factor. According to Koble and Yang from the National Center for Children in Poverty, quote, children with a full-time, year-round employed parent are less likely to live in a low-income family compared to children with parents who work part-time, part-year, or who are not employed. Koble and Yang go on to say, quote, Nevertheless, many low-income and poor children have parents who work full-time. 
about half, 53.5% of low-income children and 32% of poor children live with at least one parent employed full-time year-round. The more education the adult has, the less likelihood there is that the family will be in poverty. Where do people in poverty live? Mostly in the South. Rural poverty is now equivalent to the urban poverty of the 1980s. How do people in poverty spend their money? Housing, transportation, and food are the three biggest expenditures for all U.S. Americans except in the highest earning 30% of households, which spend more on insurance and pensions than they spend on food. In poverty, the expenditures for housing, food, and transportation are disproportional to the income. When 41% of income goes to housing, 16% to food, and 14% to transportation, there is not much left over for clothing, metal expenses, or continuing education. If you are working fewer than 40 hours a week, it is even more problematic because you usually have less money and no benefits. Mobility. Having a stable environment is so important for child development. But according to Cabal and Yang, children living in low-income families are 50% more likely than other children to have moved in the past year and nearly three times as likely to live in families that rent rather than own a home. What are the data on immigrant parents? Naturalized citizens have higher levels of educational attainment than non-citizens, from the U.S. Census data as tabulated by the Migration Policy Institute. The trend in immigration right now is that more college-educated immigrants are coming into the United States. The report Immigration Data Matters from MPI supports the idea that more immigrants move into the middle class and working class rather than deep poverty because of their educational level. Only undocumented immigrant families seem to arrive and stay in poverty longer than other groups. According to Batalova and Alpern, quote, the foreign-born share of the U.S. population is at its highest level since 1910 with the approximately 44 million immigrants living in the United States representing 13.5% of the overall population. With U.S. fertility rates at a historic low, the U.S. Census Bureau projects that net international migration will be the main driver behind U.S. population growth between 2027 and 2038. They go on and say, quote, about 16% of immigrant families had an annual income below the federal poverty line compared to 12 to 14% among the U.S. born, end of quote. Sibley and Brockbeck write, quote, immigrant groups with the highest proportion of unauthorized parents, Mexican and Dominican immigrants, had the least access to institutional resources such as checking accounts, savings accounts, credit cards, and driver's licenses. Low levels of access to those resources predicted more economic hardship and more parental psychological distress, which in turn were associated with lower scores on child cognitive outcomes, end quote. The Center for American Progress investigates the numbers. Quote, in 2015, the poverty rate for immigrants was 17.3%, 
compared with 14.3% for U.S.-born population. How do parents tend to parent in poverty? In targeting parenting in early childhood, a public health approach to improve outcomes for children living in poverty, Morris et al. look at families in poverty and how their parenting behaviors impact their children. The study used parent self-reporting in observational assessments. Single-parent families with a father do better than single-parent families with a mother. Maternal depressive symptoms may be part of the difference. A study found that married couple households, regardless of socioeconomic factors, fare better than other models in shielding children from adverse factors, such as a lack of health care or lower cognitive outcomes. Kruger et al. conclude, quote, U.S. children increasingly live in family structures that are associated with poor child well-being. The links between childhood circumstances and socioeconomic and health outcomes in later life mean that children's disadvantages may persist throughout their lives, end quote. The following table is worth revisiting. It is based on information from the book Unequal Childhoods by Annette Leroux. Key elements in middle-class or constructed cultivation, the parent actively fosters and assesses the child's talents, opinions, and skills. In working-class or poor households, it was accomplishment of natural growth. The parent cared for the child and allowed the child to grow. In the organization of daily life, in middle-class households, Multiple child leisure activities were orchestrated by adults. In poor and working-class households, hanging out, particularly with relatives or kin, was done. Language use. In middle-class households, language was used for reasoning and directives, for child contestation of adult statements, for extended negotiations between parents and child. In Poor and working-class households, language is used as directives, rare questioning or challenging of adults by the child, and a general acceptance by the child of directives. For interventions in institutions in middle-class households, there were criticisms and interventions on behalf of the child by the adults and training of the child to take on this role of intervention. In poor and working-class households, there was a dependence on institutions, there was a sense of powerlessness and frustration, and there was a conflict between the child-rearing practices at home and school. In the area of consequences, in middle-class households, there was this emerging sense of entitlement on the part of the child. And in poor and working-class households, there was an emerging sense of constraint on the part of the child. If the parents came from poverty themselves, they tend to have these patterns. LaRue studied both black and white families at both the poverty and middle-class level of economics. What the study found is that the differentiating factor in discipline was not race, but economic level. Both black and white families in the middle class taught their children to negotiate institutions, while both black and white families from poverty taught their children to react strongly or avoid institutions. What are the patterns when parents grew up in poverty? If you grew up in poverty, 
you'll have a harder time escaping it as an adult than someone who grew up in middle class or wealth. In other words, it's harder to get out of generational poverty than it is to get out of situational poverty. The more years you spend in poverty as a child, the more difficult it will be to get out. This chart looks at if you were poor as a child and the likelihood of being poor at ages 20 and 25. If you were never in poverty, you're only 5% likely to be poor at the ages of 20 and 25. If you were in poverty one to seven years, you're 13% likely to be in poverty at ages 20 and 25. If you were in poverty eight to 14 years, you are 46% likely to be in poverty at age 20 and 40% likely at age 25. Poverty often follows children into adulthood. The chart above also shows that only 6% of the poor adults who experienced the most poverty as children were able to get out of poverty between ages 20 and 25. Compare that with the 40% who couldn't escape. Bokhani goes on to state, quote, Number one, the longer you grow up in poverty, the harder it is to graduate. 37% of children who were never poor graduated from college by age 25. Only 3% of children from persistently poor backgrounds were able to do the same. Number two, growing up poor can carry long-term health implications. Children who grow up in poverty are also more likely to develop chronic illnesses such as asthma or obesity. The latter can lead to further health problems, including diabetes and heart disease. Number three, poverty can also harm a child's brain development and lifelong mental health, end of quote. What does this information mean in the school or work setting? Resources are tools that individuals use to stabilize their lives. Find out about parents' resources. Show parents the list of resources in the book, emotional, physical, etc., and ask them to help you identify the resources they have a lot of. For example, maybe a family doesn't have financial resources, but they are strong emotionally and positive role models are available. Find out what resources they have to help their child. Often the parents have more resources than they know. Number two, rather than ask parents for their educational attainment level, ask them how many years they went to school. This is better for immigrant parents too, because schooling patterns and levels are different in other parts of the world. Number three, understand that immigrant parents will discipline differently than parents who grew up in the United States. Provide guidelines about what is legal and not legal to do with your children in the United States. Number four, make sure all documents that are sent home from school are in simple, clear language and include visuals and graphics. Stay away from complex, formally written documents. Number five, understand that housing costs and transportation create more student mobility between schools, reduce school access, and make it harder for everyone to meet the timetables of school. And last but not least, it's worth saying again, when you are dealing with a parent from poverty, do not assume that the educational level is the same as the intelligence level. It is not.